My experience in starting after I'd qualified um, was perhaps rather similar to Patricia's because it was about the same time I qualified. It was the end of the war. Well, not the end of the war, the, uh, um, just after, but very little work was being done at that time. Um, I then I immediately made applications left, right and centre, as perhaps happens nowadays. I found myself at one stage in the office of uh, Fry and Drew. <laughs> they didn't offer me a job. Uh, my first job was with the city of Westminster, and there I spent five years. The most exciting part of that, architecturally, was not within the office, but was with dealing with um, the power lawyer scheme, PIMCO, which was going on for the city at the city of Westminster at the same time. It gave one a very good grounding in administration, which I think was invaluable. It was, it was an efficient borough, I hope it still is, and it really taught one a lot about a lot of the things that one hadn't learned at School of Architecture. There came a time when I felt that initiative was not um, perhaps needed very much there, and I gave in my notice and started off in practice. This why does one do that sort of thing? I don't know. I think it's partly temperamental. One wants to make one's own decisions, to be independent, um, see how far one can be successful. And undoubtedly, it was not an easy time to do it. But I had by that time been associated with doing a little bit of journalistic work for one of the magazines, the House, House and Home magazines, and so I really felt that that was a, um, a sheet anchor, and I, I had the opportunity of um, paying the rent on that and uh, seeing where it would lead. I think that perhaps I now might take refuge behind some slides, which I'll um, start on, really, as um, other points that I learned along the way um, are illustrated by these. Now, that is one of the places where a woman setting off in practice leads, is led. Inevitably, everybody thinks that you're going to be doing replanning kitchens and that sort of thing. And uh, this is a case in point which took place uh, with one of my early jobs. It's still there. Um, but I was glad to get this sort of work. I'm still glad to get any sort of work because... You've always got something to learn. There's always the hope that you will a small job will lead to, to larger jobs, and this hope is, is quite often fulfilled if you are able to see the opportunity uh, when it presents itself. The sort of work that we have done um, divides itself into generally residential, inevitably, and commercial jobs, but I was in practice on my own for a considerable time, and Every architect, I think, would perhaps like to design their own house, and that's mine. It was um, on the South Downs, it is, it's uh, near Lewis, and it took me a lot longer to design than one normally spends on houses, individual houses. This is part of the garden, and this is one of the um, ancillary things that one has to think about, the setting, the landscape setting of any building, because... Um, you can't just be an architect. You've got to be a lot of other things as well. You've got to be, well, interiors are, are a 
almost a separate subject, but very often it's a pleasure to be able to do the interiors and the, the exterior as well. The landscape setting is another one, and um, I think that um, also other things like a presentation of drawings and all sorts of little fringe things that um, form part of practice. At the same time, as one is earning one's living, designing buildings as one wishes to, more or less, uh, inevitably you have to be learning how to run an office, because that, in my time anyway, was not what one got taught at all. And you have to be self-taught virtually. Sometimes it's the hard way when you make mistakes and you made to look a fool at site meetings and this sort of thing. But um, um, this was um, a very pleasant opportunity that I had. This actually started as a result of doing over a very grotty canteen kitchen for um, the firm of Roch Rochford's Houseplants. And then I got the chance of doing their offices. And um, it, it was a very enjoyable job. It was system building, as you probably gather, uh, but with uh, various um, adaptations and this show window, which was designed so that their, their houseplants could be displayed in, in soil, if necessary, although, in fact, they, they kept them potted in, in practice, um, was... A splendid opportunity, and it was fortunate enough to get a Civic Trust commendation. That was in 1968. That uh, had been really a chance to get outside the residential field, but I've now got a, um, a group of buildings which seem to have um, come my way, but they fall into a, a definite category of houses or housing for special needs, as distinct from the plain family house for, for average need. This is one of those. It's a um, single-story house and was designed for a disabled housewife who has to run the, the house from a wheelchair. Um, there were a lot of things to be considered, which the books don't tell you. Um, every individual disabled person has, of course, different disabilities. And so while there are certain general rules and practices you still have to try and find out people's actual limitations, which they can't always tell you, and try and cater for them as best you can. This is another part of that. It's, it's a large, fairly large, um, four or five bedroom bungalow with a considerable spread over the ground. It had, as you may see in the foreground, it's got raised beds for the possibility of the owner actually doing some gardening, but she doesn't, in fact, find it very easy. I think perhaps she doesn't realize what hard work gardening is for other people who can actually have to bend over as, as well as uh, instead of um, sitting in a wheelchair. This was another special need, a little plot at the bottom of somebody's garden. The client is a musician, and she wanted a um, big studio to have as a music room where she would practice and where she would teach, um, I decided to cantilever this studio at the back from where this photograph is taken and at the side so that you have the floor space on the first floor. You also have in that small plot, which is the bottom of somebody's of their garden originally, 
and was the area on which the garage was built. But it did just leave enough space for uh, at ground floor level so that there was a little sitting out area and uh, um, enough garden for somebody who had a profession, a very busy profession, and uh, yet wanted pleasant surroundings in a fairly urban situation. Another more recent and more special requirement uh, gave rise to this. It was for a housing society, and in conjunction with MIND, this building, this half of that, that block, was designed to cater for people who'd had mental illness and were needing to be reabsorbed into the community but weren't quite ready to live independent lives. That part that you see contains ten flatlets and the brief, which we hammered out jointly, I think, that this originated with mind was that every flatlet should have its own kitchen but bathroom and lavatory accommodation should be shared. It doesn't altogether sound convincing, but in practice, it's an experiment which has worked extremely well. The fact that you have to share sanitary accommodation means that you have to come in contact with people. You're not in your, totally in your own flat. You're not shut behind a door where you don't come into contact with anybody and where the same sort of um, mental problems, which may have induced in illness in the first place, would be reproduced. There, they have, in fact, a number of the people who've been there have now got their own totally ordinary flats and have reconstructed their lives, holding down jobs, and mine consider that it's had a very good rate of success, and we're hoping to do another rather similar one. This is just the, another view of that, but with another block of housing association flats, 18 one-bedroom flats in this block. From various sorts of houses, housing and special needs. We come to industrial job which we did, quite a substantial building for Coca-Cola, rebuilding a factory round a nucleus of their existing offices and it was highly specialised installations. Uh, a first opportunity, this took place after um, I'd taken a partner on who, taking an assistant who became my partner, and um, we were really beginning to get into a, a rather larger building with rather larger scope. We had a national, nationally known contractor for this. It was very important to have a good consultant team, engineers, E&M people, and quantity surveyors, and it, it taught me anyway, I was running the job, that you really have to be a step ahead, you have to do your homework, you have to keep on the professional approach all the time, you can never let up. Sometimes you find that uh, you have to have a considerable arguments with the contractors, but that's only, that only induces you for, to try and look ahead, really run the job with maximum efficiency. You can't get by otherwise. This is the, the general external approach. Again, we, we did a little bit of landscaping and, uh, um, and the interiors. These bay windows provide offices, and those we got the whole job of doing the interior, exterior, and the lot. This comes back to um, 
The most recent house we've done, really, was in a Suffolk village for a um, client who wanted quite a large house, and we had to consider planning requirements of being uh, in character with the local, with the village, a tiny village, just with the street from end to end, and therefore we, we stuck to the, the Suffolk Pink and tried not to make too bulky a building, which uh, was out of scale with the rest of the, the small, quite small-scale cottages. Uh, that, in fact, got the uh, Suffolk Association of Architects Craftsmanship Award in 1984, I think. And then, for the last slide, this is just a, a slightly problem picture, but just to bring up another category, which is refurbishment or uh, restoration and improvement of uh, older buildings, some listed. This, in fact, is not a listed building. It's Marlow Church Hall, of which you see the Victorian main west window, as it were, reflected in a new screen which we constructed to provide upstairs upstairs meeting rooms round a light well. But I hope that you may see from the variety of categories that there's a vast amount of interest to be in practice on one's own. There is really nobody where the buck can be passed on to, and it's very rewarding. It's very hard work. I don't think I can say that there's been I've noticed much discrimination against myself as a woman. I think possibly the fields in which one is most likely to get work may be restricted, unless you're very lucky, but I think there's still a field, many fields open, and I would still do the same thing again.